Welcome to eHealth Talk, a podcast from Health Informatics New Zealand and hosted by me, editor of eHealth News, Rebecca Macbeth. This podcast provides a regular roundup of news and views from across New Zealand's data and digital health sector. Please be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to eHealth Talk NZ. Today, I'm joined by Ministry of Health Chief Allied Health Professions Officer Martin Chadwick and Chief Allied Health Scientific and Technical Professions Officer and COVID-19 Executive Lead at Waitemata District Health Board, Tamsinbrot. Welcome on the show to both of you. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. So first for our listeners, can you briefly describe what your roles entail, starting with you there, Martin? Yeah, so probably the easiest way to describe it is uh, my role reports into Dr. Ashley Bloomfield and his background was as a, a chief executive at a district health board. So he was very used to having clinical advice from the chief medical officer, chief nursing officer and a chief allied health officer. And so coming into the ministry when he didn't have a similar role for allied health, he's very quick to establish a role. So allied health is a construct is that collection of professions which very simply is not doctors and not nurses and so I'm there to give advice and to look at how the contribution of allied health as a conglomerate can further enhance the outcomes and the services we're providing to our population. Thanks and Tamsin? Morena, um, similar. So I'm one of the three clinical partners that um, advises our chief executive. So my other clinical partners are the chief nurse and the chief medical officer um, and very much aligned with Martin's role at at local district health board level, providing leadership and assurance of our organisation's clinical safety um, in the allied health scientific and technical space. Um, Alongside that, currently I am also the COVID-19 executive lead for Waitemata DHB. So that has been leading our response from uh, February last year, right through and now into our vaccination programs. Keeping busy then. Definitely. (laughs) I understand there's more than 50 professions. Is that included under the allied health banner? Does that sound about right? Yeah, and and good always a good question to ask and always a difficult one to answer. So I think it's a matter of how you try to define it. So if you use ANSCO coding, is it's around about 43 professions. But it's very much from my perspective, not about trying to define who is in or out, so to speak. It's more about how we ensure that there is a good vehicle to put forward what the benefit of the various professions are to the health of our population. Great. So what, uh, having explained what is uh, allied health, what is health informatics and how does that relate to the work of allied health professionals? So I, I would put it from the basic construct of how how do we know, you know, very, very simply, how do we know what we do is making a difference? And I think at an individual level, you'll have a clinician that will have the satisfaction of knowing that they turn up every day to do their very best and will have that sense of their interaction with who they're working with is making a difference. But then as you roll that up, if you will, there is that question of how how do you know? How do you know if that is improving care, it is improving outcomes? Uh, How do you know it's a better way of doing things? And so it's that that primary question of how do you know and then how do you answer that and so that has to be answered through the capture and in turn the analysis of data and information 
because that's going to give you that basis to saying that it is making a difference in this way to this patient group and therefore is helping this part of the population. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think it's uh, it's the bringing together of um, all fields of health, information technology, science, in a way that means that we can interpret data and use that to deliver effective healthcare to the communities that we serve. So it, it supports us to have really robust data that gives us that visibility um, and also to improve the quality and the, the care that we provide. And I think for allied health, scientific and technical, it's, it is really bringing to the fore the value that we add um, what we can do, what we can offer, and the impact that we can have with our patients and our clients and our community. Mm. So uh, we've discussed that it does Allied Health cover a wide range of professions. Can you give some real-world examples of how data and digital technologies are being used day-to-day by a particular professional group, for example? So I'll, I'll give you some work which is underway currently, uh, and it's dealing with the, the, the winter and knowing that we always have the winter ills and it's a matter of how do we make sure that we don't uh, put inordinate pressure on our health system. And so the data is really quite clear when you start to look at what happens as people move through our facilities that the presentation to our facilities is very, very predictable. But then if you start to analyse the data, what you start to identify is that there is really a pattern with regards to how people will leave our facilities, leave our hospitals, insofar as that we're very good at discharging people Monday through Friday. But then that tends to drop off quite markedly on a Saturday and a Sunday. And so from the perspective of Allied Health, it's beginning to ask that real question of saying, so what are the professions that if there was appropriate resourcing that could actually help improve the discharging that happens on a Saturday and a Sunday? So it's that data which says this is an area that actually we could improve the patient journey. We could make it better for the person by ensuring that they're not waiting unnecessarily. They're receiving all of the right clinical care, but there may be something that they wait for and they have to wait over a weekend until a Monday or a Tuesday. So I think it's a matter of understanding, you know, is that the social worker, is it the occupational therapist, is it the physiotherapist, is it the speech language therapist? You know, don't, don't know, I'm not really getting into that level of data, but saying that that's where we can make a positive difference. And so that's where we're looking at that at a national level to think about what can be done to support uh, individual district health needs. Yeah, I think if I um, take it to a more local level, there is some really great work in the Allied Health Scientific and Technical space using health informatics and, and the technology that sits around that. So if I think about, for example, some of the work that we've done with um, cardiac monitoring, monitoring, so remote monitoring, for example, of all of our devices, um, that means that people don't need to come to clinics, means that we can that they're well and healthy, they're not having to take big chunks of time out of their day to come to a, a clinic at a hospital site, for example, and park and wait. Um, it's kind of optimised our staff and clinical skill sets that we have available to serve the wider community, as well as giving people back time in their day, the, the public back time in their day. Things like... Um, electronic triaging, referral triaging and waiting lists, the ability to use the data generated by those to inform decisions, quality improvement projects, um, 
observing changes over time in a meaningful way, so using things like click dashboards to interpret that data, um, EPROMs. Um, oh, there's a whole range of things that are happening across a whole um, wealth of different disciplines and spectrums of care in, inpatient, outpatient and community that are, are all being supported by health informatics and underpinning decisions that are made on a daily basis um, that that mean that we can utilise the skill sets that we have in a, a far better way. Mm, and I think during sort of the pandemic there has been greater use of digital tools is my understanding amongst many of the professions. I was surprised myself that physios in particular seem to have picked up and run with telehealth which is yeah uh, I guess most people would think physios is one area where um hands-on is really necessary but can you talk a little bit about that about how Mm. um sort of some technologies uh, might be assisting allied health um particularly during and post-pandemic to continue to deliver care yeah I think we um will had well we're well on the way in terms of picking up telehealth as part of our, our business as usual approach to running particularly clinics or outpatient appointments. Um, certainly, um, COVID gave us a real nudge in that direction to to expedite that, and took it into some areas that we had been thinking about but thought would be a little bit trickier to implement. So, for example, we're talking about physios. One of the real success stories that we have with physiotherapy and telehealth in COVID times is moving our um, bowel education and pelvic health clinics into the telehealth space. And, and on the face of it, you would think that that would be a, a really personal, private thing that you wouldn't want to be talking about in a group, that you'll just want some one-on-one time with your therapist. But actually what has turned out to happen is that these people are all sharing stories tips, techniques, how they cope. They're setting up their own little communities of practice, if you like, and Facebook support groups as a result of being pulled into this telehealth clinic. Um, so it's actually meant that that we're supporting communities to become more independent and less codependent on, on being part of a therapy group on a long-term basis. Dietitians similarly have done some incredible work with different groups. Speech-language therapy, we're really early adopters in this space using telehealth in particular for for clinics, um, outpatient clinics and community-based clinics. So um, absolutely given a massive nudge in the right direction due to COVID and and what we're trying to do now is to make sure that those changes stick and they do become how we work going into the future. It's very easy to revert back to, to the safe what we know and not challenge what we do and how we do it. So supporting clinicians to continue on now that we're, we're back in as normal times as we can hope for. And I might might add to that, and what has come through this period is the ability to improve access to services. Yeah. And so if you think that access is a key component of equity, and if you think the most precious resource that we have in the health system is our people, then the question is how can we improve the access to people when they you know they can't be everywhere and if you start to think about the efficiency of use of people that if there's a lot of driving it becomes very inefficient from that standpoint but what we've learned is actually the 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 virtual world if you will to have the virtual interactions that for a lot of interactions are as effective or maybe even more effective and so that allows us to begin to think differently and saying if access is the problem 
then help us to collectively change our thinking that it doesn't need to be kanawi katakanawi, that it could be done in a different way. And so therefore you begin to think about actually we can provide more in the way of care because we can improve the access by using technology, using telehealth, and ensuring that we maintain the quality of what we do, but use the the technology as an enabler. Mm. So do you think allied health professionals realise how involved they are in data and digital health and how crucial it is to their work? And if not, how can this be changed, do you think? Um, I, I don't think they do on the whole. I think they know that they're involved in work that is reviewing and changing models of care and how we how we work. Um, if you ask them, did they know that they were involved in work using Health informatics—it's—it's a—it's a jargon word that is still becoming um, socialised, I guess, across allied health, scientific, and technical. Absolutely, there's some some pockets where it's well known, but still emerging. And I think a big piece of that is making sure that we start to incorporate that in our undergraduate programs. So our new graduates are coming out and our trainees are coming out with an, a knowledge and an interest in health informatics in the broader sense and everything that that might mean and bringing that skill sets with them into our workplaces and making that part of, of what we're constantly challenging is how we're doing things and what are the tools and systems that we're doing using to do that. And I might just approach it from a slightly different angle and say that <laughs> allied health professionals is that we are innately problem solvers and you're faced with a problem and you solve it. And technology purely is a vehicle to solve the problem. So I don't think it's necessarily that people wake up in the morning to say, I am now going to be focused on digital enablement. It's more along the lines of, I have a problem I need to solve of how I can be giving care to person X in situation Y and data and digital becomes a solution to that. So it's more just the innate nature of how do we solve the problem. Yeah, I think it's been an organic shift. It's just it's it's become part of what we do and how we think. You touched on it there, but do you think more does need to be done around digital literacy for allied health professionals? And is anything happening in this space, locally or regionally or nationally? So from, from a national perspective, I think there is a subtle shift that I believe I, I can start to see in many of the professions that as, as we look to the move towards Health New Zealand and as we look towards how we could think in different ways and not think in a district health board but think more at a national level, that there is the ability to think we could be doing more in this space. And so within that, there's that subtle shift that I describe of what I see is a lot of professions beginning to think a lot more along the lines of what is the population health impact that we can be providing or where we can make an impact. And so within that, I think there is that sense of how do we need to be best prepared in order to deliver that. So it's just a, a, an ongoing maturity, I would put, that it's about how we continue to mature and what we do as individual professions. But then within that maturity, there's also that sense of how we better align to what the health needs of the population are. And once we identify what we could be doing, how do you start to apply those? And that's where data and digital become a real enabler for that. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, um, and I've mentioned it earlier, but I think it, it's really about embedding it in 
our undergraduate programs, our trainee programs, um, making sure that data and digital and uh, literary sk- liter- literacy skills in that space is part of our core BAU, core training, um, that there's a basic plan in our undergraduate programs to include that as a competency. So we have um, HINS running an e-allied health event as part of Digital Health Week on November 29th of this year in Wellington. Tamsin, can you tell our listeners more about that event and maybe some of the speakers, sneak peek of the speakers? Sneak peek. Um, Yeah, look, it's framing up to be a really amazing event. So this is the um, event on Monday. So so HINS runs from Monday the 29th of November until the 3rd of December. The Monday has a number of aligned workshops and e-allied health is one of them and e-nursing, our e-nursing colleagues will be there as well, which is a really great opportunity to connect and network with another group of of interested clinicians who are working in this space. E-allied health will be from 9 o'clock to 3 o'clock, so it's in the morning before the plenary sessions, so it's a great opportunity also for um, allied health scientific and technical clinicians to come along and then take part in the opening of HINS and see some incredible plenary session speakers as well. Um, it's convened by our National Allied Health Scientific and Technical Informatics Group, which has been around for a little while now. So another group of um, very engaged clinicians in the health informatics space. And um, we're trying to promote people to come and spend some time with us and um, hear some new things and hopefully take away some new ideas that they can take back to their own areas of work and implement or um, connect with new people to help them to do that. So um, we've got some great speakers. So our own Martin Chadwick, who's with us today, is going to be joining us and um, talking to us about very much what we're talking about today. So positioning allied health in the future of digital health. Um, we've got the amazing Brian Dolan, who, if you are not aware of him, listeners, he is the father of NPJ paralysis and the last 1,000 days movement, which is now an international movement. We've just had in the last few weeks the um, international 72-hour marathon of working around the world with a whole group of, of clinicians and and a large group of allied health clinicians taking part in that, of presenting some incredible work in that space. And he wants to, to or we're hoping he'll talk to us about the power of harnessing social media in, in terms of how that can you can use social media as an adjunct to your professional development to share ideas, find ideas, grow ideas, and this whole community of practice out there that can support you in that learning. Um, we've got Darren Douglas, who's coming to talk to us about HIDA 101 and what does that national health information platform mean for us as we move into the future. We're building some great panels, so looking at building cultural competency and equity of health outcomes, a panel working around that or talking to us about that, and then another panel looking at digital toolkits. Um, So that's only a a portion of what we're planning. Um, We're still waiting for some of our speakers to be confirmed, which is why I can't tell you any more about that. Um, And then our, our own chair of our National Allied Health Scientific and Technical Group, Becky George, will close our our session with the future of health systems leadership and what what do we want to see and what do we want that to look like. So lots for people to come along to. Great. And Martin, why do you think allied health professionals should attend? 
I think it's one of those reflecting the the privileged position we're in that we can actually come together. And so I think there's huge value that we've spent such a long time not being able to come together and then some of the hybrid formats, some do, some don't. But I think it's the opportunity to actually physically gather because I think there is a real strength in when you do come together collectively. But then it's also as we start to look forward as to what's coming down the pike is that there is just huge, huge opportunities for allied health as a conglomerate to be much more aligned to what the health needs of the population are. So I think it's the opportunity to start to do a little bit of future casting, start to look at what is coming down the track. And I would just come back to the point I made earlier around access. And it is that sense of our most precious resource is 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 the people. And so how do we start to use uh, people to better affect? And that is the, the real value that I see around data and digital, that sense that we can be doing far more for our people, for our population, if we use that as an enabler. And in order to do that, we need to be better informed. And so I think it's an opportunity to start to think more about that. How do we start to break some of our own moulds, some of our own mindsets? Because there is just so much we could, should, and need to be doing for our population, but we have to be prepared to change. And so this is an opportunity to be one of those little nexus points where we start to think about what the change can look like. Yeah, it's always a great event. I think there's always a lot of buzz and excitement. Do you? How do you usually come away feeling from that event in terms of your um, drive, I guess, to change and do things and learn from others? So I would put it in the context that it is probably one of the slickest events I attend uh, with regards to how the event itself is run and with the knowledge that there is always a high calibre of uh, people in the broader HINS universe that are, are attending, that are speaking. So, so it's always a good opportunity for me to be able to sit and learn as well. Yeah, likewise, I always come away feeling incredibly energised, um, really wanting to get back into the workplace and take some of the learnings, take some of the new things, connect with the new people and grow the network, the Allied Health Scientific and Technical Clinical Informatics Network. Um, there's so much opportunity in the space for us. And as Martin said, it's a slick event and the, the things that come out of it are always incredible. So I would encourage everybody to, to try and get along. Great. Yeah. So for listeners, you can go to hins.org.nz to, um, <clears throat> and click on events and you can read more about it and register there. Uh, so thanks for joining me today, Martin and Tamsin. Um, thanks to our listeners and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Uh, if you can also take the time to review it, please do so as that makes it easier for other people to find. And uh, we all hope to see you at the E-Allied Health event later in the year. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to E-Health Talk. Be sure to subscribe and share with your colleagues and friends. E-Health Talk, E-Health News and the E-Health TV webinar series are supported by Health Informatics New Zealand. See hins.org.nz for more information and become a member starting at just $17 a month. We also have affordable organisational membership options now for both our industry partners and healthcare providers.